This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Well, so yeah, I know. Yes, yes, I know. I was gone for practically a month. Did a show the first weekend of September and then nothing because of the technical problems with the old laptop. And then I come back for the first weekend of October and figured I'm back. And then the very next week, no show again. (laughs) Now, it wasn't because of tech problems. Um, I do have reasons, and I'll, I will list them for you now. Uh, let's see. The week before last week's show would have been on the air, um, I got a cold. Now, normally that wouldn't necessarily stop me from doing a show. It's just that uh, uh, it had come on Tuesday into Wednesday, and usually, and it just was, you know, it's just making you feel kind of bleh. <laughs> I don't really want to do any show uh, or anything, really. You know, push my way through work and and whatever I got to do. Uh, but see, I was thinking I would, uh, I was planning on recording a show earlier in the week than when I normally do it. Normally, it's Friday nights when I sit down and record this. Uh, I think you probably know that by now. I I must mention it frequently. I'll try not to do it as much anymore. But anyway, I figured, well, I'm not going to be able to record on Thursday because that would have been the second Thursday of October, which is the uh, Minnesota Skeptics Meetup night, which I really enjoy going to. And uh, when I go to those, I know I'm going to get home late, and it's I'm just not going to set up and do a show as soon as I get back from that. It's just going to be a little too late. So... I figured, better do it Wednesday. But why not Friday? Why not Friday the, way, the day that I normally do them? Well, um, there's a good reason for that, and I'll give you a hint. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Pour a cheerful toast and fill it, happy anniversary. But be careful you don't spill it, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, it was my and my wife Amy's uh, 16th wedding anniversary. That was Friday, October 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. It's part of why we picked that date to get married because... Not that we're superstitious people or anything like that. You know that. You know I'm a skeptic. I don't put any kind of 
any significance on that day other than it's kind of cool just because it's developed a certain reputation but um we just we were looking ahead to when we you know dates for getting married and the facility that we were going to do this at and uh, we saw that saturday october 13th 2001 that's when we got married we saw that was open and we said "Ooh, we love october because it's the best month of the year weather wise it starts to be, cool down from summer and the leaves on the trees start changing color so it gets real pretty and it doesn't rain quite as much and the air gets cooler and crisper and it's just nicer it's just it's just nice and you got halloween at the end it's just a fantastic month so we figured october and so we saw October 13th. We said, oh, that'd be cool to have a Friday the 13th wedding anniversary every now and then. I'm not sure how many years, it, how regular an interval for the that would be a Friday the 13th, but something, somebody out there knows. I don't, and I'm not going to bother trying to figure it out. I'm just, I'm pretty sure it's not every seven years because a leap year probably throws things off something a bit there, right? Doesn't it? Well, anyway. Um... <clears throat> We so we had the anniversary coming up. Now we didn't have anything planned to do anything for the anniversary for uh, on the day. I just figured I wasn't going to work that night, which I normally do work on Friday nights. Uh, I figured I won't work Friday night. I'll go in and take care of my building on Saturday morning, which is when it did end up doing. And I'll uh, I won't record the show. I'll do it earlier in the week. But as I said, I got sick, didn't feel like doing it, so. I made the decision somewhere along on Thursday that no, no show this weekend. Sorry, kids. Um, <clears throat> uh, we did now. Don't worry. We did do something for uh, our anniversary, uh, which was actually something we did last night, uh, Thursday, October nineteenth. We went to see uh, my favorite murder, which is a really excellent podcast. We went to see their live show. It's hosted by uh, 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 Karen Gil Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. They're two very funny women, and they do a tr it's a true crime podcast with humor in it. Uh, they are very careful not to not to poke fun at the victims. Uh, they they you know, try to advocate for victims and help people figure out how to not get murdered, and but and examine these stories which is if many people are fascinated with. Uh, anyway, I'll talk more about that later. So uh, I know Amy really likes the podcast. I really like the podcast. In fact, she recommended that I listen to that podcast, and I, I took her up on her recommendation. And uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. A little bit of Haunted House stuff is starting to seep into there. They'll tell some Haunted House stories or ghost stories in there, which, of course, probably bullshit. So that, that bugs me a little bit. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, so anyway, so we did do something for our anniversary. Uh, anyway, uh, something else happened on uh, on Friday, October 13th. Uh, in our last week's show, I spent a lot of time talking about the... Well, not last week's show, but the one I did two weeks ago. spent a lot of time talking about the Las Vegas shooting thing, which, if you'll allow me to sidetrack for a little bit here, just a little bit, uh, I saw this news report on KSTP, which is a local TV news station. And here's the thing. I, I'm an atheist. You know that. Uh, and 
I'm not militant about it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't go around telling everybody they should not believe in God. Although, you know, it'd probably be better if you didn't. But I, I don't know that he doesn't exist or any kind of gods exist. I don't know that they don't, but they don't. You know. Anyway, there's a there's a report that they filed. Uh, this rep this woman who was doing the reporting, you know, she goes into the studio, talks to the two anchors, and then sets up the video that they're going to show. And then when they come out of video, she does a little wrap up, and then you know, on with the other news items. And this particular report was about the dad of one of the victims of that shooting out there in Las Vegas. Uh, however, this victim that was shot wasn't killed. He was one of the 500 or so that was injured, and uh, you know it's an you know an older dad and it's an adult son, and he was out in Vegas to with his I guess his girlfriend. I'm sure there's no carnal knowledge between the two of them, and the reason I say that is, the reporter prefaced the report by saying how deeply religious and faithful the father is and that family is how how deep in religion and their how how you know faithful they are as if this was some sort of virtue <laughs> as an atheist i don't i don't see that as a virtue uh but a lot of other people do uh, i understand that you know, most people in the world believe in some sort of supernatural thing uh controlling everything or or several supernatural things depending on what religion you follow, and I and I, I you know, I don't respect the religions. I don't respect the belief. I respect the people, and I try. So I'll try not to be too terrible here <laughs> when I talk about this. But so so she sets it up that way, and then they go to this this interview thing, and the dad's talking about how the son's recovering and what had happened. You know, the the shooting started. They didn't know where it was coming from. Suddenly, you know, the boy, the, the son gets shot, and you know, he's he's not he's not killed, and he's able to to get up and walk. So the girlfriend keeps encouraging him. He says, "Let's go. We got to try and get out of here. We got to try and get out of that 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 pen that had the twenty two thousand people in there. You know, the the for the turkey shoot, essentially, um, to get him out of there. So we got out, and she she helped him in got him out of there. As soon as he got out of there, they encountered a police officer who was setting up a roadblock, but the police officer said, forget the roadblock, i got to help this guy who's been shot. So he starts helping him, gets him to where he needs to get to to get medical help, a hospital, whatever. And there was some other little coincidences that one of the doctors had helped him happen to be from a family that lived very near this guy, this, the shooting victim's father currently, I guess, or something like that. But that's neither here nor there. Just an interesting coincidence. And and you know so the it, it is so the kid survives. I, I don't know how old he is, but he survives. Right? He's gonna he's gonna pull through. Unlike forty eight fifty eight other people who were killed by the by the shooter. Well, the dad, you know, it's it's this thing that's very frustrating for atheists. Now, I was raised Catholic, and I believed for a very long part of my life. And it was like within the last 15 years where I turned over to full atheist. Even though I'm still agnostic about it, I don't know for sure. I just don't believe. Uh, and I really, really don't believe. <laughs> I just don't think it's you know, that there's any kind of God up there. I, I'm sorry. I just don't. And I, it. so I'm trying to think of how I would have reacted to this. So the father is talking about it, and because he's so deeply religious... You know, he talks about how God saved his son. 
You know, because obviously, you know, God will call home the people that he wants to come home. And if he doesn't call you home, it's because, and the father was saying, because he has, you know, my son has something that God wants him to do. There's some, some work that God wants him to complete before he calls him home. Right? And, and then they come back from the, out of this little report thing. And the reporter again says, just how strong the man's religious convictions are. He's so deeply, you know, religious. And, and like, this is something virtuous. Like, this is something good. And I, and I thought, I watched this, and I thought, you know, um, why, Mr. Lady Reporter person, why didn't you say, okay, why did, okay, God had something for your son to do, why did God let him get shot? Why did the, why did that, I mean, apparently the 58 other people who were shot didn't have something else to do that, that, that God wanted them to do, didn't have anything, he didn't have a plan for them, they had finished their, their thing. Uh, or his plan for them was done. So, but apparently his plan wasn't done for your son or for those other nearly 500 people who were injured in some way because of this. So apparently they have something they need to accomplish for God. Well, why did God want them shot or injured in some way because of this? Why did he allow this to happen? You see, I mean, is it, is it that God says, look, I need, I've got something for you to do. I, I still I don't want you to die. I have I have something I want you to do, but in order for you to do this, you need you need to have a bullet wound, and just a touch, just a smidge of uh, post traumatic stress disorder to be able to do what I want you to do. See, and the same thing with the rest of you, twenty two thousand that were there, the vast majority of you who weren't hurt, who weren't shot or injured in any way, but you all probably have just a little twinge of the PTSD because now you're going to be maybe a little nervous about going to any kind of open air concert thing and you might be a little reluctant to live your life the same way you did just before this happened and that's because I need you to have that to do this thing that I want you to do is that what it was I see I don't get it and I don't think it's and I don't think it's virtuous and the, and the thing is I'd like to ask that reporter maybe I should email her and say you know you know what you should do I want you to watch your report again that uh, that you put on about this, you know, the, about the dad talking about this mission that God has for this kid, this, the plan, and he works in mysterious ways. Don't forget that. That's how they cover all their bases, believers. And I want you to watch it again. And this time, whenever he says God, just imagine he's saying Napoleon. Do you come away thinking the same thing? Oh, this man's faith and conviction in Napoleon is so strong. You know, it, it, would you it, would you be talking like he's virtuous and admirable or would you be saying he's a little off his nut he's a little delusional so what I'm trying to tell you is when an atheist hears this kind of thing that's what it sounds like to us Napoleon's got a plan that's the other thing he's got a plan works in mysterious ways plan mysterious ways plan mysterious ways that's 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 how they that's how they get around all the cognitive dissonance that has to be there. Why did you let my son get shot? Plan mysterious ways. Why did you let these fifty-eight other people die? Plan mysterious ways. And then something happened later on in the week, earlier this week. I won't I don't know exactly what happened. I can't remember this whole story. 
I just remember that it was, uh, um, I think, an adult son again, or at least an older son of a woman who uh, the son was killed somehow. I don't know if it was in a shooting, or a tragic accident, or disease, or whatever it was, but somehow she ended up on the news talking about this. And she said that God called him home. That God's plan, and, you know, she says, I'm, I'll have to, you know, pray to understand God's plan. And all this, this is, she's saying that kind of stuff. So you said, well, well but why didn't he prevent this? It's, it's, it's like the old atheist argument thing or thing we discuss when we, we're not old atheists, but I mean, it's something that's gone back for a long time. When you've got an apartment building and it collapses and it kills 248 people, but the sole survivor in that building is a, is a three-month-old baby that somehow got, was, fell out of its crib into an area that was big enough for it to, to, to be able to survive, not be crushed by everything, have air, and be able to be heard crying by the rescuers. And the rescuers go pull the baby out of there, the baby's alive, and it's a miracle! Well, what about the 248 other people who died? Is what? How? But it does. It does, you know plan mysterious ways. But it doesn't make plan mysterious ways. But it, it doesn't plan mysterious ways. Uh, I tell you, <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about um, the uh, the bad stuff. Uh, you know, the heavier stuff. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about that, but before I do, I think I'm going to I'm, I think I'm going to head to break. I'm going to head to break a little early, and and just um, uh, sit tight. I'll you know I'll, if you're a Facebook friend of mine and you've been paying attention to my Facebook page, uh, I think you'll know what's uh, what's going on. There's a there's a plan in a mysterious way somewhere in here. I think I'll be right back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Geez, that's quiet. <sighs> I better mark these as quiet bumpers. Oh, shoot. I should turn off the sound. <laughs> This station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 Coffee. <laughs> drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. 
Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run without scissors, it's the least you can do. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's Redheaded Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Come on over to our valley where boys run free. Run to the lush green meadows in your shorts. Brother John will be your guide in the summer of indescribable earthly delight. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Okay. Um, my On Friday the 13th, uh, October 13th, my father-in-law died at 10.15 p.m. He had not been well for some time. Uh, my mother-in-law died about four years ago, just a little over four years ago. And she was his primary caretaker. He had, since I've known him, which has been since 1999, he's been pretty much a, he'd been pretty much a shut-in. Uh, not ex- not not never come out. I mean, he'd go out and walk his dog, uh, walk their dog up and down the block a little bit. Um, he would go some places here and there, but for the most part, he just stayed in the house, watched TV hung out with his wife, and smoked cigarettes. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's pretty much what he did. And he was, he was a terrific guy. He's uh, very funny. Uh, he had a good sense of humor, um, smart, uh, had good stories, and just was very kind. Of, uh, and, but he was also very shy. Uh, he was friendly at the same time, but he was very shy. He could have a streak of difficulty. <laughs> um, when I met him, he Amy had told me that he mellowed in older age. But when he was younger, he could be he could be very. I want it done this way. Uh, he could be moody. Um, he wasn't abusive or anything, but he just could be moody, and he could be um, um, a bit uh, difficult for his kids and his wife. Uh, but he loved them dearly, and you know, I mean, it's just. We found out much later in life, uh, in his life, that uh, a doctor finally diagnosed him with depression, um, for which he tried to treat him, but uh, dad just didn't want to do the medications that was given to him. So, yeah, that was he. That was part of what was going on, I think. So, I think I can safely say that. But uh, anyway, so he was not in the greatest health even then. But um, uh, when my mother-in-law died, um, he couldn't be in the house by himself anymore. So for the first year or so, he lived with my brother-in-law and his wife. And it was not easy. 
you know, because he could be a little demanding. He could be difficult, and and of course, he just he just well, what we found out soon after that was uh, he had uh, a form of dementia called aphasia, which affects the way you speak. Uh, it makes communicating very difficult, and it can cause frustrations, which can cause some anger and those kinds of things. Uh, he would say to us, before we knew what was going on, he would be saying a story, you know, telling us something, saying a story? Is that a way to say it? Sorry. Anyway, he'd be telling us a story, and he'd stop, and he'd just say, oh, you guys just think I'm goofy. I'm just goofy. I'm sorry, I'm just goofy. And we'd say, no, Dad, you're okay. Nah, nah, I'm just, I'm just being goofy. And he would move on to something else. Well, what we found out was what he was doing was trying to not admit that he couldn't say what he wanted to say. At some point after that, he, he told that to Amy. He says, I've got the words in my head. I, I know what I want to say. I just, the words just won't come out. It's just as much as I try, I can't say it. I can see the words in my head. I can hear them in my head. He says, he has them there. He says, I just can't say it. And then, then shortly after that, he was diagnosed with aphasia, which is a kind of dementia. And the in in the later months, more recent months, I should say, uh, his dementia was beginning to show the other signs of it, you know, that forgetfulness, that kind of stuff, and, and little personality changes, little things like that was beginning to show. Uh, he also was diagnosed with, uh, he, I guess he had a minor stroke at some point, not, I'm not sure when it happened, but we didn't know about it until fairly recently. My brother-in-law knew about it and he told us about it and he said that, that probably caused some problems as well as far as his communication skills. It wasn't a terrible stroke, but something. And then he was diagnosed with uh, leukemia and prostate cancer, so he's got two forms of cancer. They were both very slow advancing cancers. Uh, I, you know, the doctors were telling him, you know, the the, the the rate they're moving, you could live for years with it without just doing anything. And then at his age, they thought maybe it was just, just let it go its course and just maybe deal with it when it starts to get to a point where you have to deal with it. Maybe. But then more recently, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. And lymphoma was another form of cancer, and it was moving along a bit more aggressively. A lot a bit more aggressively. And you know the thing is, you know what I say that he had three kinds of cancer. Now that's <clears throat> something that reminds me of uh, a reaction I had as a kid watching the John Wayne movie, The Shootist, which was John Wayne's last movie. It's 1976. John Wayne's playing uh, uh, an aging gunman who had, uh, you know, been ruggedly independent and had been in lots of gunfights, but uh, you know he didn't kill anybody. Didn't deserve killing. Uh, and you know he had a, he lived by a code you know that that seems pretty honorable actually and uh, but he you know in the old west you know they were all shooting each other like crazy right well they weren't but that's how it is in this movie but he was a he was getting older and and he was sick and he goes to see his uh, uh, a trusted doctor that uh, he didn't trust this other doctor told gave him a diagnosis so he was finding getting a second opinion and the second opinion was and uh, the doctor played. Uh, by Jimmy Stewart says, you have a cancer, or a cancer. You have a cancer, <laughs> however he says it. And I always thought that was odd when I was a kid. just thought it was odd because the way we speak about cancer, we say the person has cancer. 
And if they, they have a uh, cancer, what do you mean they have a uh, cancer? Well, actually, it's a lot more accurate because part of the reason why cancer is so difficult to cure is that there isn't one form of cancer. There are several forms of cancer, and some are easier to treat than others. Uh, some are more aggressive than others. Some, uh, you know, some you know just just use surgery, cut it out, and it's fine. Or you know, chemotherapy. Just whatever treatments that there are, they react better to it. And some, by the time you find it. It's too late, which was pretty much with my mom, uh, my mother-in-law, I should say. Uh, she had pancreatic cancer, and by the time they found it, it was it was too late. So, he's diagnosed. My father-in-law is diagnosed with lymphoma, and it's much more aggressive. And so they started trying to figure out a plan of what they're going to do. And he was going to start chemotherapy, but a couple of Sundays ago, he we got a call from the assisted living place he was at he lived with my brother brother-in-law for about a year and then they we found assisted living for, place for him and then throughout these four years uh since mom died amy had been taking dad up and back to doctors and getting him groceries and taking care of stuff for him just driving up and back because she doesn't work and my brother-in-law and his wife they both work and i work so you know it just fell on amy and i'm telling you especially in the last few months, Amy would just come home just completely emotionally drained. And just she, I'd just sit and I'd just stand there and hug her, and she'd just say, I, I, don't, I don't think I can keep doing this. And I'd try to encourage her and just say, look, you're doing fine. Just relax, and you're home now. And, you know, it's, I know it's tough. And just be sympathetic with her uh, because she was having a tough go. Well, <clears throat> we got a call from the assisted living place saying that they were sending him into the hospital that, that Sunday. This was a couple Sundays ago. And uh, he was gonna, you know, he had a fever, and they heard a rattle in his lungs. They figured it was, it was pneumonia. He'd been in the hospital a couple of times with pneumonia earlier, and uh, the next day, Amy had a consultation with the doctors, and they said, well, it's not, it's not pneumonia. It's the lymphoma. It's now, it's now gotten very advanced. Uh, it's probably a matter of days, maybe a couple weeks at that point. Uh, before dad dies <clears throat> and it was that that the day that this was happening was the day that he was supposed to start chemotherapy so well that never happened so he spent the rest of that week in the hospital uh amy and amy would come home she didn't spend you know, nights with him she'd come home and then the next day we'd go back up or well on saturday uh i went up with her and we brought hayden uh, i hadn't seen him since i hadn't seen my father-in-law since uh father's day and he, he, I could. Amy was telling me he's getting frailer. He can see it every time I go up. He's weaker looking. It's, it's, you know. And I could see it. Uh, it was the decision was made to put him in the hospice. Was made by the time we went up that Saturday, uh, and um, that Monday evening, we got him into the a hospice place. Now, if you don't know what hospice is, hospice is a kind of care that a person gets when they are very near the end of their life. Uh, they're terminal. They have a disease that's that's not. They're not going to treat anything of the disease. They're not going to try to cure it or try to get it to go into remission or whatever it is. They're not even. Gonna, they're not going to do that. What they're going to do is they're going to keep the patient as uh, comfortable as possible. They're going to manage their pain. They're going to. And if you you can do this at home, if you have somebody that can be around 24 hours a day, we didn't have that option. Uh, so we found a hospice place that got him in. We were very fortunate to get one real quick, and it was a wonderful place. And um, he went in there. When he went in, he had a bit of a freak out over the weekend before going in about about it. But when he was going in, he looked around. And he said, "Oh, this place is beautiful," <laughs> that kind of thing. And so for the week, he was there. 
he began, you know, the process was going. He was deteriorating. He was becoming closer and closer. And Thursday or Friday, uh, Amy had told me that, that she was told by the doctors that it looked like 24 hours, 48 hours was about the most that they uh, would figure he would survive, you know, stick around, stay alive. Well, Friday rolls, our anniversary rolls around. Uh, Amy does a little job in the morning that she's been doing for the company I work for. And from there, she drive, goes up to hospice. Um, and she was planning on staying the whole day. And I figured she was going to spend the night uh, because it was getting close. And so um, the plan was for me to pick up Hayden from school. And then when I got done with work, get him fed, feed myself, and then go up there to the hospice and be with them and just see what happens from there. Amy was a little reluctant for us to come up at some point because I called her and I said, what should we bring, change of clothes, that kind of stuff, because I figured she was spending the night. And then she called us back and said, I don't know if it happens tonight. And I said, honey, we want to be there. And I wanted to be there for sure because I, I wasn't able to be there for her when her mother died. Uh, Amy was there by herself holding her mom when her mom died. Um, we knew this was coming, so we went up and... Uh, as we were driving there, I was telling myself, uh, I guess I was listening to the ball game, uh, Yankees-Astros game, the hated Yankees, sorry, got that wrong, and right now I think the series is tied, so the Astros have a chance to knock the hated Yankees out of the, out of the running for the World Series. I hope they can, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be a Los Angeles Dodgers ha uh, hated Yankees World Series. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be. But anyway, um... Driving up, listening to the game, I told myself, okay, when I get there, do not mention the game. Don't say anything about the game. Don't worry about the game. You'll find out what happened later. It's not important. You're supposed to be up there for your father-in-law and for your wife and for the family. You're not there to, to watch the ball game. or Don't worry about it. Put it out of your mind. And I was doing a really good job. <laughs> I got up there, and my father-in-law is just, uh, he's unconscious, and he's just pretty much just, breathing and it's a slow you know a full intake full outtake and then a pause and then another full in full out pause you know it's, that's that's all he was doing and so we sit around we're talking uh, my brother-in-law was there his wife and her sister came up brought food and then it's amy and me and hayden and we're visiting and just observing and waiting uh, and at some point my brother-in-law somebody bless him <laughs> not God or well, whatever. Uh, he says, uh, Jim, I, I bet you're uh, curious about how the hated Yankees are doing. And I said, well, I am, but uh, I didn't want to be able to say anything. And he says, well, it's, we can put the game on. It'll be fine. We can put it on. Hey, he's as long as he's fine with it. Uh, and I turned to Amy and says, aren't you impressed I didn't mention anything about the game? <laughs> and she said, yes, in fact, I am. Uh, so <clears throat> so uh, uh, we put the game on. And uh, we're watching and still visiting, and Hayden's kind of settling down on the couch next to his aunt and, and kind of snoozing a little. It's getting closer to 10, and Amy turns to me and says, you know, maybe you want to go home. She was a little worried because when her mother, when her last moments came, her mother was a little noisy. Uh, she was gasping a bit, and Amy was afraid that that might happen and it might freak out Hayden. And, and I says, well, you know, I was telling her, well, let's just wait till the end of the inning and just, you know, we'll see what's what's what. Because and, and, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to be there for her. And I figured Hayden's 14 now. He was 10 back when Mom died. He was, I, he'd be fine. You know, it's 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 going to be weird. But it's it was weird for all of us, you know. 
So there was a point at which Amy's on one side of her dad, Cam, her brother, is on the other side, and it got quiet, and we look over, and Amy turns off the game, and within a couple minutes, Dad died. And it, it's the first time I've ever witnessed something like that. Um, and it was very quiet. He just, he just, it was just quiet. There was no gasps, no shouting, no last words. It was just really quiet. And um, the nursing assistant came in just to check on us. Now we were pressing the cam was pressing the button to get the nurse to come in after a couple of minutes. And um, the assistant comes in, and she 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 was she was new to this kind of work. She wasn't young. She was in her fifties or so, but she was new to this. And and she, and her, she was sympathetic and she tried, but she she her her presentation was a little awkward. Oh guys, did he die? Oh guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, that's how she was. Now, I'm sure she was sincere and everything, but it was just awkward. And I'm hugging my wife, and my wife is saying to my ear quietly, "Get her out of here. Get her out of here." Well, she went to get the nurse, and the nurse came in, and she was perfect. Pitch perfect, knew what was going on. In fact, that nurse told Amy earlier that day, she said, I, you know, judging by her experience and looking what's going on with, with Dad, she said, I don't think he'll go through the night. I think it will be tonight. And um, so she, um, she, she helped us out and you know, very sympathetic, and she says, okay, now I do have to make it official. So she listens to his heart for a minute or so and she says yes I'm you know he's gone and um, then she said um, I'm gonna call it 1015 and that's about that's about right and and so then she said you guys can do what you need to do to you know you know spend any uh, much time you want with him it's it's fine and she's talking to the assistant about what they need to do um, and all you know that kind of thing and uh, uh, so we you know started to you know, give our hugs and words of condolences to each other and, and all that. <clears throat> uh, it was heavy. And, you know, but um, we knew it was coming. Uh, we didn't know when Amy's mom, you know, her, we, we were worried about her health, but um, we didn't expect to get the call that she was going into the hospital when she, when she went into the hospital. We didn't expect to get that call. And 11 days later, she died. Um, so this, we knew was coming. So it was a little, the blow was softened a little bit. Um, I went out in the hall and uh, called my dad because I figured he would want to know, mom and dad would want to know. So I called him and I just said, you know, and I think uh, uh, Missy, uh, that's uh, Cam's wife, uh, she was making a phone call too to somebody else too, and just to let people know. And <clears throat> when I got off the phone with my dad, uh, that was—I mean, I was choked up through the whole thing, of course. But uh, that was as—I—that was about—I was really close to completely breaking down after talking to my dad, because uh, my dad's 82. And, uh, you know, my mom's 80, and uh, her health isn't great. Um, so, and Dad, Dad's still plugging away. He comes from good stock, 
his mother lived to be in her 90s uh so maybe but um yeah it kind of hit me a little bit there after i got off the phone well uh before i get too worked up i'm gonna head to my other break and uh, you're listening to dimland radio on the z talk radio network at ztalkradio.com hopefully this uh, song plays a little higher volume uh i'm gonna have to weed out some of these quieter ones and see if i can boost the volume on them but uh anyway you're listening to dimland radio i'll return after this break um with a couple of weird coincidences. Ooh, it's going to be weird. Or maybe not so weird, but I'll be back. Why was I born today? Life is useless like Ecclesiastes. I never had a chance for opportunities now in Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that. Because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi... B. Jane Goodall C. Albert Einstein or D. Snooky This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Did you see that UFO sighting that made the news? What did that latest study about alternative treatments really say? Is this photo making the rounds real or a hoax? Doubtful News is a unique website featuring news about pseudoscience, the paranormal, anomalies, and questionable claims framed with a skeptical view. Come visit doubtfulnews.com every day for news about cryptozoology, conspiracies, shams, scams, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Doubtful News. Critical thinking is essential in assessing today's news. Doubtful News helps you decide, can you really believe this stuff? We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Okay. <clears throat> For those of you whose minds tend t- toward the supernatural or the paranormal 
or for finding deep significance in something, uh, thinking the universe has a message for you or the universe will provide for you or whatever your way of looking at things. I'm sorry, but, uh, well, I'm going to... I'm going to get you running in that direction right now. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are skeptical, like me, you will understand there is such a thing as coincidence. And, you know, th that not everything happens for a reason. Uh, you know, some things just happen, random. They just do. And we don't have to look for deeper meanings. Just take it at face value. That's what happened. And just because it happened close to this event doesn't mean that this event had anything to do with that. Okay? It's just, you know, we know that. We skeptics, we, we know that. But it is kind of cool. <laughs> um, all right. We're at the hospice place. My father-in-law has died. We're gathering up our stuff, hugs, making phone calls, figuring out who's bringing what home. Uh, how am I going to get to... We've got two vehicles there, Amy and I. How are we going to get both home? That kind of thing. And they, and they said, well, you know, my brother-in-law and Amy, everybody was saying to me, well, I'm sure they'll let you leave your, one of the vehicles here because there's no way I'm going to have Amy drive herself home. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so... Uh, you know that so and they did the, the the home the people at the hospice said yes you can leave your vehicle here and the next morning my father and I went out and we picked it up well then <clears throat> we're getting everything going we're still all in the room outside the room just next to the door there's a light fixture each of the rooms have the same type of light fixture on the wall just to, just by the door. And it's a really nice light, light fixture. It has a piece of curved glass that's maybe, I don't know, 10 inches tall, seven inches, or 5 inches wide or something like that, and it's curved. And it's painted white so that it diffuses the light behind it. It has that on the wall. We're inside, and we hear a crash of glass hitting the floor just outside the door just outside the room so we all go over to look and here's this piece of glass that goes across the light fixture had fallen from the wall and broken on the floor the assistant the nursing assistant had was over and she said what happened is we don't know we were just in here just happened we didn't do anything nobody banged the wall nobody didn't you know nobody did anything it just just it happened and she says, oh, well, I'll take care of it. So she goes and gets a broom says, don't, don't walk in it. Don't, you know, be careful. And so she's cleaning it up and all that. And I go back in the room, and there's at least, you know, Amy and Hayden probably aren't, you know, Amy's, I'm sure her mind's elsewhere. Hayden's not thinking it. But I think there was some murmurs from my brother-in-law, his wife, and her sister. Little murmurs going on. Little, and I said, okay, it's just a coincidence. It just happened. It, it doesn't mean anything. There isn't some significant thing about it. It just happened to happen shortly after Dad died. 
it doesn't mean anything. He, you know, it's, I, I mean, I didn't. That's as far as I went, and I tried to have a little, you know, lilt in my voice, like, okay, you know, not like I'm admonishing them too much, but I'm just, it's just a coincidence. Don't think anything else of it. It just happened. Gravity win. Gravity won in that situation. It just happened. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. <laughs> Um, those out there who would think, oh no, that's a message. That's a message from your father. How? How is it a message from him? He didn't like that light fixture? You know, the place is beautiful, but I hate these light fixtures, so I'm going to give him a little message when I leave. How? It's just, it just happened. Just because it happened near the time when he died, it doesn't mean anything. Correlation does not mean causation. It just happened. I don't know why. It just did. There's no reason other than Maybe whoever changed the light bulb last didn't put the the glass part on properly and gravity finally won. Maybe that's it. Seems more likely. Well, okay. We head home and I even though I have a cold, and actually Amy had a cold, she was getting over hers, Hayden had a cold, the three of us, so and and I'm I'm it was pretty bad. Not terrible, but bad enough. I wanted a beer when I got home. So Amy and Hayden head up to bed. I get a, you know, get a beer, get online, and I write up a little thing on Facebook. And um, then eventually I hear Amy up there crying a little bit. So I go up and I comfort her for a bit and just say, hey, you know, she was a little worried about things. And I said, no, you're okay. And Dad knew knew he loved you and or you loved him and then and then he loved you and you know it's it's you did everything you could don't feel guilty it's you know just just like you need to get some rest so I calmed her down she she went to sleep I think uh, and then eventually I went to bed and sometime in the middle of the night both Amy and I woke up and the power was out now there wasn't any storms no high wind. It wasn't super hot, so there weren't a lot of air conditioners going. The power went out. Uh, Amy did say she thought she heard a bang, and I said, "Well, that's probably some transformer that you know, a squirrel got into it." And she says, "Oh, poor squirrel." <laughs> but uh, I looked outside. There's no lights. The neighborhood lights were out, and we thought, "Well, okay. Well, tomorrow's Saturday, and I guess we don't have to worry too much." And um, about getting up or whatever, and so just went back to bed. Eventually, the power came back on, and we got back on with our lives. But I told this to Amy later. I said, look, I don't want to freak you out here, but um, when your mother died, uh, Hayden and I had gone out to visit that day earlier. It was, it was a Sunday, I believe. We had gone out earlier to visit and to, to you know to be there with Amy and and with her mom and and uh, you know my brother-in-law and his wife they were there and we spent some time and, and at, at some point I we had to get home I think school you know, Hayden had school the next day we didn't know if he'd be going to school or not because we didn't know what was going to happen you know because we knew it was going to come soon but we didn't know when drove took him home Amy stayed at the hospital and and as we got to our neighborhood. As we got within a couple blocks of the house, I realized the power's out. Yeah. And there was no storm. It wasn't super hot. 
There wasn't high winds. Don't know why the power was out. Didn't stay out for long. Uh, I was I had called my dad to see if he had power over there. He lives a, he and mom live a mile away, and because I, I was thinking, well, I'll come over there because you guys have power, and uh, you know we'll bring Hayden over there. And well, I was making those kinds of arrangements for whatever reason we were doing that. Power came on before we even left, and uh, so I called dad back. We're good. Uh, I went to bed, and I got a call from Amy that her mother died. So before her mother died, the power went out here. After my father-in-law died, the power went out here. Another coincidence. Doesn't mean anything. There's no agency behind this. This isn't some message we're supposed to read into this. The universe isn't telling us anything. God doesn't have a plan, and he doesn't work in mysterious ways. It just happened. That's it. It's just interesting kind of creepy it just happened okay we're okay with that now <laughs> okay well it's time for one or more of these and now it's time for a dimland radio pedantic moment yeah this ought to be good no well we'll be the judge of that or no you'll be the judge of that if this is good or not I haven't done pedantic moments in a while, so I actually have more than one that I can do, uh, which is the one I want to go with first. I watched this movie just this past week. It's uh, it's Halloween time, and uh, I've been watching some Halloween-type movies, and I got the, the uh, a double feature, Dr. X and the Return of Dr. X. Uh, Dr. X is, was released in 1932, and The Return of Dr. X came out in 1939. Now, it's The Return of Dr. X that has this moment for me. Uh, it features Humphrey Bogart in his one and only horror film appearance. He plays a guy that has synthetic blood in him. It's a blood thing. People are getting drained of blood and whatever. There's the the lead character or the main character that we follow through this 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 movie is an, is a uh, is a reporter, and he's played by somebody you probably never heard of. Uh, sorry, I'm looking away from the microphone. Uh, uh, he's played by uh, Wayne Morris. Ever heard of him? Yeah. He plays this reporter who, at the beginning of the film, he gets an interview with this big time stage actress. And uh, I guess it's a coup for him. And he calls his editor and says, I got an interview with so-and-so, so I'll be, I'm heading over there right now. And she lives in this hotel in a suite of rooms. So, so, so he goes up and he literally falls into her room and he finds her on the floor dead. So what does he do? He calls his editor and he, sent, he, he gives them the, the exclusive story of this so-and-so actress is dead. And the paper puts out an extra. Back in those days, they would do these extra editions. If some big news happened, they'd do up a quick run of extras, and they'd send the send the paper boys out to yell on the street to extra, extra. You know, that's that's what they used to, used to do. So, so they they print up an extra, and they send it out, and the big blazing headline: so and so actress found dead, whatever. After that, that's when the reporter brings the police. In, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the police would have been brought in 
first. Well, you know, management for the hotel, maybe them first. The police would be there. But no, no, he they actually they actually print a story. They print an extra edition and then put it out onto the streets before the cops are even told that so and so is dead. I just I went no. I it, I I'm I'm things were different in 1939, but they weren't that different. <clears throat> I have another pedantic moment. This one's on a sheet of paper. Uh, somebody shared this image. Uh, shared something that uh, from somebody called uh, Sexy Star Trek. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and he, the question that Sexy Star Trek is asking, which of these would you rather have as chief engineer on your starship? Or do you have someone else in mind? They give you six pictures. They're, they're, there's a little collage of six together in one image. And the six people we have are uh, the original series, uh, uh, Scotty, played by James Doohan. Then you've got uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, Geordi LaForge, played by LeVar Burton. Then there's uh, Deep Space Nine, also Star Trek The Original ser- or, uh, Next Generation, but Deep Space Nine, you have Chief O'Brien, played by Colm Meany. Then there's Star Trek Voyager's uh, Roxanne Dawson, who played Bolana Taurus, she was the engineer on, on the Voyager. Uh, then that series, that Star Trek Enterprise, which was supposed to happen before the original series, I mean, in, in the canon, in the storyline that's supposed to happen before that, there's a character named Trip Tucker. He was the, the, he was the engineer for, uh, for, uh, for that ship, and he's played by a fellow named Connor Trenier. And in the Star Trek movie reboots that have come up recently, there's Scotty, Played by Simon Pegg. Have you any idea what's pedantic to, to be pedantic about this? Why is the Scotty in there twice? Yes, it's different actors, but it's the same character. We, they stack in the deck here. <laughs> it's like the question is not which actor would you want to see playing the chief engineer of your starship. No, they. The question is which of these fictional chief engineers do you want as your engineer for your starship? It's the same Scotty. It's Scotty. It's the same guy. Somebody tried to suggest uh, when I when I commented on that. There was one person that said, yeah, I thought the same thing. Good call. But another one said, well, you know, the uh, Prime Scotty uh, figured out transwarp drive on his own, while Kelvin Scotty, which I love that distinction, Kelvin Scotty, I love that. Well, he had it dropped in his lap. And I said, yes, but they still had the same, you know, he's saying that they were different, uh, they were very different from each other. I said, yes, but they still had the same engineering skills, didn't they? And if, you know, if, if Simon Pegg's Scotty didn't have it dropped in his lap and he needed to figure out transwarp drive, wouldn't he have done that? I mean, he would have, I would have believed he would have had the skills to have done it. Yes, the reboot movies did some time things so that they could change the canon, change the, 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 the way history would unfold because, you know, because then you wouldn't have Star Trek geeks saying, well, that's not right because that should have happened, whatever, you know, so you get that. Three cool things from the week. Uh, I won't be able to talk too much about them, but uh, number three of my cool things is that I saw the trailer for the new Star Wars, and I'm looking very 
forward to seeing it. It looks really cool. Number two, my wife and I went to see my favorite murder. A uh, lot of women in the audience. It's a it's a it's it's predominantly a female listened to podcast, but I listen to it and like it. And guys, there are plenty of guys that listen to it, but it's. It's very dominant female, which is cool. That's fine. And I said that to my wife. She says, well, there's a lot of guys here. And I said, I don't know. And I looked in our role, which had maybe, what, 60 people in it. Uh, I counted 10 guys <laughs> just in our role alone. And uh, let me tell you, when the, t- the two gals, the hosts, came out on stage, the cheer was that the pitch of women screaming, not the you know the, the, the pitch of men screaming. It's, it's, it's a little, or shouting, or however you want to say it cheering let's say that cheering so it's a lot different and it was loud holy smokes <laughs> i was i was impressed uh but that was way cool we really enjoyed it we had a lot of fun um and then of course number one coolest thing uh amy and i have been married for 16 years it's uh it's been a long 16 years but i love her very much and uh she tolerates me all right and you know what are you gonna do but uh let's hope for another 16 or so you know my father-in-law was married to his wife for 51 52 years my parents are working on year 61 you know it's i won't live that long but because i get married very late i was in my late 30s when i got married so anyway uh and so that's i hope you've had at least three cool things happen to good you good night this week good night frau blucher well that wraps up another show another edition of dimland radio uh remember to be skeptical and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence it's just a coincidence it doesn't mean anything and keep your plans and mysterious ways to yourself uh remember sleep with the lights off and i'll talk to you next week check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. My life, you're clever, Dim. It's certainly taken me in. Well, well I'm going, going to hell. hell.